All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Sideline. I'm Asher Heyer, uh, joined with... Rishioza. Hello. <laughs> switch it up this time. Yeah, there you go, a little switch up. Um, and we are here with, obviously, an NBA draft episode. It happened last night. Nuggets had three picks, which was pretty surprising um, early on in the offseason. I don't, I don't think we ever foresaw us even having a first-round pick. Um, and they were all around the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. First pick, Julian Strother out of Gonzaga, um, a junior, which was kind of a theme in, in this year's draft. Uh, two seniors, one junior being picked. Um, Strother, I mean, I like him, a, a, a great spot-up shooter. Um, that's basically his calling card. He can shoot from any angle. Um, he can shoot from anywhere. He's got great uh, distance on his shot. Um, and so I, I, I like the pick. Uh, I'll get into it a little more. But what, what were your initial thoughts when you heard Strother's name called? Yeah, I mean, there were, there were a ton of guys that I was looking at for that uh, 29 spot for Denver. Strother was definitely one of them. Uh, my main guy was probably Colby Jones, uh, as I think was it was for a decent amount of people. On Nuggets Twitter, but Strother is definitely a good like I, I that's an A grade A pick for me. Um, it definitely seemed like Calvin like last year Calvin Booth and the front office their vision for those uh, draftees was defense with Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Ishmael Kamagate. This year was offense. They they went in like the complete different direction. Now I think Strother can be a good defender because he is athletic and he is long. Um, he's going to be asked to do different roles. Um, in Denver than what he was asked to do at Gonzaga, but I really like it. I think you look at that bench, you look at the free agency moves and decisions that they're going to have to make. They need a shooter and they need um, they need offense uh, with that bench, and uh, that's exactly what Strauss is going to be able to come in and do. This is kind of the Christian Brown pick, where this he's the player who you can look at right now and say, okay, if things go poorly, he's the guy who can. He's the young guy who can come in and play immediately. Or if he impresses in preseason and summer league, he's going to be in that rotation right away, depending on what happens in the in free agency. So I really like this pick. I think this was this was a homer run. I think this is this is a, this was a good start to the draft. Yeah, it's been growing on me more and more um, as I start to look into him. Like I just think his potential playing next to Jokic is great. If Murray uh, needs a rest or or KCP needs a rest, um, and he comes in and plays with Jokic, like. He's terrific off the ball. His movement is great. He knows yeah. how to get open, um, which is huge when you're playing with the Nuggets. And, and you know, he's shown off that he can he can cut to the rim also um, with how deadly his three-point shot is. You know, teams, especially early on, are going to be trying to force him into uh, making passes or driving to the rim. Uh, so we'll see if he can adjust to that, much like how MPJ has adjusted. Um, but, you know... He, he can get to his floater uh, around the basket also. Um, he likes going to that, I feel like, more than uh, trying to lay it up and, and driving into contact. Um, and he's pretty efficient with it, too. Uh, I, I feel like at the rim, I saw it's like a 70% percentile that he finishes at the rim with points per possession. Um, his catch-and-shoot three-pointer, by the way, in, in college was in the 99th percentile. Um, yeah. He's offensively, he can. He's very, very good. And he fits really well. That off-ball movement was was keys. Like he's a great cutter, and that that floater is like a legit weapon for him. Like that was his second shot that he went to. Yeah. Um. So like the finishing through contact thing is probably going to be the issue, I guess, for him. If you want to nitpick uh, his game, but I mean, his 29th pick is going to have his issues. Um. But yeah. I, like I, I think when you look at, it, especially playing with Jokic. He fits perfectly with the shooting, the off-ball movement, the fact that he can at least make some plays on his own attacking closeouts. Like, I feel like for Christian Brown, we saw it a little bit towards the end of the season when players were out and he was kind of just doing it. But like at Kansas, he was much more of a scorer. Like he was, he was a guy who got to the rim and shot jumpers and looked to attack the basket. But he completely changed his role, and then you saw it a little bit more uh, when he was starting. And I feel like we might see something similar with Strother. Like, 
he was very much a scorer first guy, but now he's going to have to pivot to defense. He's going to have to pivot to just taking spot up shots, being yeah. content with three, four shots a game. But I like it, in terms of if he's able to fit in that role, that's per, is a perfect piece. Yeah, um, I also feel like like a, a a trait in in Booth that he's targeted with Christian Brown last year, and then all three of these guys like he's going for rebounding. I think. Uh, maybe with him being a big man, he knows how important that important rebounding is because to finish off a good defensive possession, you got to rebound. And um, you know, with how good the Nuggets' offense is, like offensive rebounding for the other team is key to try to get extra possessions. So even if these guys can't really defend, um, we'll get into the other guys also because they're also particularly not very good um, individual defenders. <clears throat> But they're all great rebounders. I think Pickett averaged yeah. about seven and a half rebounds a game. Strother averaged about six, and then Hunter Tyson was like nine point eight, um, up near yeah, ten. Double double for like two yeah. straight seasons. Yeah. Um, so finishing off defensive possessions is super important. Um, and then Christian Brown was a great rebounder. Also, um, seems like Strother also has like a knack, I guess, for the clutch. Also, he made those big. Shots in the in March Madness. Um, there were a bunch of other clutch games he had during the regular season. So it seems like he finds himself in those moments to take the shot, um, and he's ready. And as I said, he can shoot from literally anywhere on the floor. Like his shooting, he, he might be the best shooter in this draft class. Like with how many angles and there, there's one crazy shot I, I saw where he like, I mean, his release is like a little flick. It's so lightning quick it's so fast it's, he gets his feet set so quickly yeah. there was one he, where he, he just on balance so quick there's one where he just caught the ball like pretty deep out um and just fired it up there with the defender like right in his face and then and basically got tackled and it was like a four-point play um and that was just you know super impress- impressive shot uh a low release that's probably how he can get his shot off so quickly um it really is just like a, a like half a second just flick up to the rim and sometimes it doesn't even look like he's just aiming he's just like throwing it up there but um it goes in and that's a great trait to have um especially in the NBA where defenders are flying all over and you're going to have Victor Wembanyama who can guard the rim and the three point line like at the same time <laughs> so yeah. getting a shot off quickly is, is pretty important um so yeah overall I like that pick a lot um, for the Nuggets, it, it is interesting though that he's not very developed on on defense. Um, and Pickett, yeah. if we want to get into him also uh, on defense, I guess just like not great point of attack, but he does have length, um, which I think is he could he can turn into a good defender. Um, yeah, but yeah. right now that's struggles. A, that's a, that's a yeah, he just struggles to get around screens, um, which is. What I saw from this one video I watched. <laughs> yeah, that, that's been the theme for for Calvin Booth that through two drafts is just length and intangibles and just like measurements. So in case they aren't great defenders now, at the very least they can turn into good ones. Like they have they have the ability to be not played off the floor. Um, I feel like that's more possible for Pickett and Strasser than it is for Hunter Tyson. Yeah, um, because Pickett and Strasser are way more athletic than he is. Uh, but yeah, Pickett, Pickett's intriguing. He's an interesting guy because he's not like he's a scorer, but he's not a shooter. Like he shot, mm-hmm. I think thirty eight percent from three uh, in his last season at Penn State, but it was only on like three or four attempts. It's not like it creative a like at times. It's usually just like wide no. open type shots. Or... Yeah, which like those are the type of shots he's gonna get yeah. in the NBA from three anyway. But his game is like just straight go to the rim. Like he really likes to get to the basket uh, and finish around the rim. He's got great, like he's, he's great improvisation around the rim. He finishes through contact really, really well. Like that's the, that was the issue with Strother is that he can't. Like he goes to the floater a lot. He, he shies away from contact at the rim. Pickett is the complete opposite. He wants the contact. Um, so it's a good balance there. And yeah, like he's six four, but he averaged seven, like over yeah. seven rebounds a game uh, his last season. Which is really, really impressive. Uh, very similar to how Christian Brown attacks. I mean, but Christian Brown is—I don't know. I try, I'm trying to like compare 
these to how they would fit into the Christian Brown mold, but like that was, I don't think that they could have picked someone more perfect than Brown for the role that right. he played. Like he did everything they needed him to in year one. Right. Yeah. I think these guys are a little different. Like Pickett's smaller yeah. um, and he's more of like an on ball guy. Like yeah. he did, he does not have much experience off the ball. Um, I think even like at, at Siena or wherever he played Sierra or something. Yeah. Siena. Yeah. Siena. Like, he averaged almost a triple double there, and he almost—I mean, he was like seventeen, seven, and, and seven in at Penn State. Um, he always had the ball in his hands. Super great in the pick and roll. Um, this is where I think, like, maybe out of all three of these guys, maybe Pickett plays first, um, like cracks into the rotation first out of them, uh, because the Nuggets, you know, have a little question at backup point guard, especially if Bruce Brown leaves, like. Do you keep Reggie Jackson and play him, or do you let you know Gillespie and Pickett battle it out and see who can take that backup point guard spot? And I feel like Pickett, um, you know, he is a rookie, but he's twenty four, so he's got kind of the experience, experience. Um, and the the toughness and the build or whatever to uh, be able to play right away. Um, and as a backup point guard, I think he's great. Like his playmaking is phenomenal. Um, I mean, there are not many players who can pass like he can. Uh, he can throw any type of pass, like whether it's in the pick and roll, um, whether it's him driving to the rim and, and kicking it out or skip passes, um, super strong on his passes. And he can throw them like across his body, kind of like Luca style. Um, you know, when Luca's yeah. like driving to the rim and he'll fling it out to the three-point line. Um, so, I mean... And then, yeah, his scoring type, as you said, like he, he'll back you down. He, t- he takes guards into the post, um, embraces the contact, and he's super smart around the rim and has like a little mid-range jumper, which like his, his shot and the way he gets to the rim reminds me a little bit of Shea uh, or Shy. <laughs> I'm kind of like forgetting how you say it. SGA. Um, yeah. And... You know, but he's shorter. SGA is probably like six six, six seven. Pickett's like six two, but he gets to that mid range shot, um, and he gets into the post up um, and yeah. embraces contact. You remind much me like of like a, a bigger Andre Miller type. Yeah, like Andre Miller, Jalen Brunson type of yeah Brunson hybrid. Yeah. And like I'm like if he gets to either of those levels, that is like a phenomenal guy. That's not. I'm not saying that. That's his. <laughs> like what he is right now but that that's his i think player comp because he's he, like he just bullies you backs you down and he's able to get to the shot that he wants in the paint um, how that's going to work in the nba i'm not really sure but i mean commanding bench units and doing that i feel like it's definitely possible um because i mean you look at like i'm, I'm thinking you look at the playoffs that denver played last year they didn't play a team with size and after minnesota really like and i think that guys like Strother, guys like Hunter Tyson as well, like if he's able to figure out how to defend at the NBA level and guys like Pickett would be able to play in series like those down the line because they just have size and because they're going to be able to just be bigger and and just dominate using their size. Like that that's what Christian Brown was able to do, that's what MPJ was able to do and like obviously, and obviously Aaron Gordon as well, but those are kind of different situations. Um, but I, I, I think that they... Denver knows what the mold that they want. Like, they know what they're trying to build. And they, they picked three similar guys in this draft, and I think they're kind of just hoping for one or two of them to pan out because of the new CBA, because they don't want to go over the second apron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how the roster is going to look after free agency. Like, that, that – I don't know if concerned is the right word, but I'm like – I don't know what I don't know what the roster is going to look like. Oh yeah, I mean, of, there's a lot of guys yeah. like, especially at the end of the bench, where like, you know, DeAndre Jordan, Jeff Green, Thomas Bryant, Ish Smith, all the veteran leadership are all free agents. So I wonder who they bring back, if any, out of that group. Um, yeah. But and then obviously there's the Bruce Brown situation, which like seems like he's definitely. Well, I mean, I wouldn't say definitely, but like probably like eighty twenty chance he leaves. Um, if you do re-sign him, then I feel like, you know, there's not much to solve. Like, you pretty much just run it back with those guys who got your first seven. And then we'll see, like, what happens with Vlaco and Zeke. Um, 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just hoping those guys can, you know, play well Get enough to crack into the rotation because that would be amazing to have Vlaco, who, like, you know, I think can be such a good player with his shot and his playmaking and his yeah. switchability on defense. Um, same with Zeke on defense. Like, there's a lot of potential there. Um, so, I mean, if those guys yeah. can figure it out, it makes things so much easier. But I honestly haven't really looked at free agents for the Nuggets or free agent possibilities um targets yeah like i'm i'm just looking at the nuggets depth chart right now and this is why like i'm a little confused because like you said they're free agents we always know about bruce brown but jeff green reggie jackson ish smith deandre jordan thomas bryant all those guys are vets uh deandre jordan ish smith jeff green we everybody has talked about how important those guys were in the locker room um and you want to be able to bring back one or two of those guys but with having three rookies on the roster, plus potentially Colin Gillespie, who like the Nuggets do really like, like if they didn't think that he had an opportunity to contribute this year, they would have cut him already uh, during the season. Um, but this is what the depth chart is right now. Jamal Murray, at least like signed fully, like guaranteed. Uh, Jamal Murray at point guard, that's it. Contavious Caldwell Pope, Christian Brown at shooting guard, that's it. Uh, small forward, MPJ, Peyton Watson, Julian Strother. I'm just saying Strother because he's a first-round pick. Like He's going to be on a full contract. Um, power forward, Aaron Gordon, Lako Chanchar. Center, Jokic and Zeke. Um, so that is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's 10 players that they have under contract. They have uh, six free agents, counting Gillespie and Jack White. And they have three two-way spots that potentially Gillespie and uh, Tyson and Pickett could go into. Like, there's so many different ways that they could make this roster work. But if they sign Pickett and Tyson to the roster, that's 12 players. And then depending on what happens with Gillespie, let's just say they have 12 for now and they have one of Gillespie or Hunter Tyson on one of the two ways, which is probably what will happen. Yeah. That's 12 players. They can only bring back three guys. So if they bring back Bruce, then that's 13. You can only bring back two of the vets. And I feel like you would want guys who could play more. And I don't think DeAndre Jordan or Jeff Green should play any meaningful minutes next year to begin the year. So, like, I don't I don't really know how to, like, say it. It's just, like, I don't know what, what, what they're going to do with it. Because having three rookies on full-time contracts is going to be hard. Yeah. So, and I do know that they like Gillespie, and the point guard situation is weird. They could trade for somebody if they bring Bruce Brown back. There's really no issue. But if they don't get Bruce Brown back, do they go with Gillespie as the backup one? Do they go with? Do they give Jalen Pickett a chance? Do they trade for Delon Wright, Monte Morris, one of the ninety billion point guards that Washington has now? Like, I don't know. I that's just my like. That was probably my biggest takeaway from the draft. Is like, what does it mean for Gillespie? What does it mean for the roster going forward for free agency? Because I didn't expect them to keep all three picks. Like, I expected them to trade one or two of them. Yeah. Because I don't know how you're going to build a contending team with three rookies. Right. I feel like Tyson would get one of the two-way spots. And then, Mm -hmm. like, we'll see. Like, maybe someone, you know, shows a possibility that they could get another one in, in the summer league. Like, Jack White did and... Adonis Arms almost did. Um, mm-hmm. You know. So they signed a couple guys to exhibit 10s. Yeah, yeah. Armand Franklin from Virginia. Uh, yeah, Virginia. And then um, Andrew something. I actually, I didn't see that one. I don't know. Andrew something from, from Penn State. Oh, wow. Another Penn State guy. Andrew Funk. Oh, okay. He's the shooter. White guy, I yeah, think. Yeah, shooter. He's a really good shooter. 41% from three on seven and a half attempts. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's good. Too, so like Interesting he's good that he picked... Uh, yeah, there's definitely a Penn State connection here because Calvin Booth went to Penn State. Yeah. <laughs> picks Pickett, picks uh, Funk. Um, and then, yeah, Hunter Tyson was the last pick. Um, another great shooter. Like, <laughs> same attempts pretty much, same percentage as Strother, or better percentage than Strother maybe. Um Gets to his spots, uh, knows how to get open off ball. Um, 
knows how to get to the corner in transition uh, to get an open corner three, um, can rebound well, but he is a pretty terrible defender. Um, yeah. And I don't know like if he can get much better with his lack of, of athleticism. Um, this is one guy where it's like, I don't know if he can, I don't, I don't know if he can ever really be like a contributor um, unless he really just finds some like, you know, niche role where he can um, just shoot and, and rebound and, you know, just yeah. play like rotation defense without having to really stay in front of anybody. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this yeah. one, but <laughs> uh, yeah, Hunter, Hunter Tyson is weird. I, I was, I am convinced they were going to take Andre Jackson uh, with pick thirty-seven, uh, but he went pick thirty-six. Yeah. Andre Jackson was my like probably number two on my board. I loved him I, because of how good he was as an athlete, and because of how good he is as a playmaker. I thought that he was the best bet in this draft to take over the Bruce Brown role if it got to that point. Um, but he went one pick before. I think he went either Orlando or Milwaukee. I don't. I don't remember. I think um, I think it was I think it's Milwaukee. I think Orlando traded thirty six. I think it's Milwaukee. Uh, but I really wanted Andre Jackson. He was my like, I he was my like sleeper guy on on who I think will be good. He is a pretty horrendous shooter and scorer, um, which is that's like the big knock on him. But he's an incredible. Def- he's an elite defender. He's a really high level athlete. He's an exceptional playmaker. Um, but I, I, I don't know if they would have taken Pickett and Jackson in the same draft. I feel like the skills might have been a little redundant um, because of how good Pickett also is as a playmaker and the fact that Pickett can get his shot way better. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like I, that's that's the pick that I that thing got away from. But, but Hunter Tyson, I, I saw that Denver was like looking into him a few weeks ago. Um, they, I'm, I'm with you. Like I don't know if he'll ever get to the point where he's going to be able to be a high, uh, an average NBA defender and be able to keep himself on the floor. Um, maybe like with the right lineups for sure. Like if he's the four, if like yeah. hypothetically Denver brings Bruce Brown back and he plays the four, you got a lineup of Bruce Brown, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, Hunter Tyson, and then Vlatko or Zeke or someone at the small ball five, like that could work because everyone else has switchability. Like they can help and rotate off of him. Um, and he would be the floor spacer. Like you have a role in there, but I don't. I don't know. I that's it. It's interesting. It that one's a weird one. But yeah, it is. Jordan Walsh went right after that pick. Yeah. Um, which yeah. I would have liked him on the team. Yeah, Andre Jackson went to the Bucks. Um, so it was Orlando's pick, but going to Milwaukee. Um, just interesting, but overall. Much different than last year's draft, as you opened up with, um, mm. with how all these guys, their specialties are offense and their negatives are defense, compared to Peyton Watson and Christian Brown, where it's the complete opposite. Um, but, you know, I, I like it, I guess. I like the mix. Uh, definitely like Strother. Definitely think Pickett is going to have a chance to fight for the backup point guard spot. And I honestly wouldn't mind to see him uh, get a crack at it. We'll see him in in summer league, and see how he plays yeah. there. Um, summer league's gonna be fun. That's yeah. gonna be a very fun roster because I I don't know if Christian Brown will play in it. I feel yeah. like he might because he I like I mean he's a really good rookie, but he does need some work on his offensive game. I feel like summer league could be a way for him to experiment some new things. Um, but like you got Pickett for sure, you got Hunter Tyson for sure, you got Julian Strother. Hunter Tyson and Julian Strother are gonna have hilariously good. Summer yeah. leagues, like I'm saying, Hunter Tyson, like I just crapped on him, but he is a summer league and G League player. Like he, he's going to be able to shoot as much as he wants, and he's going to make a ton of shots. No, I could see him averaging uh, like 25 in the G League. Yeah, winning easily. G League, you know, All Star or whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you got those guys. I think Kamagate might be coming over for summer league at least. At least that's what it sounded like. But I know he's not coming over for the season, so maybe he'll 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 come next year or whatever. Um, but you got those guys. Gillespie's definitely going to play again. Um, you got Andrew Funk. You got Armand Franklin. A couple guys. Like, this is going to be a fun summer league roster. Last year was, like, so weird. Like, the 
it was Gillespie, Watson, Kamigate, and uh, Brown. And Brown, and that was really it. And Jack White kind of came out of nowhere to take the spot, yeah. uh, the second two way. But now you have two extra two ways, or one extra two way this season, um, which is very interesting for Denver. Uh, that that gives them a lot more flexibility than they would have had with just two. Which is probably why I think that they've reached on Tyson a little bit because they knew like, hey, we can just stick him on a two way and open up a spot for somebody else in case we hmm. in case we think about that. Uh, I also wonder, like, I don't know, like, with the CVA, I wonder if they, like, go with players who, like, maybe don't really have the potential to, like, earn a big contract somewhere else, like, after their rookie deal is up. <laughs> or, like, they're, like, solid role players, but not good enough to get to have to demand, like, huge money. But they are good yeah, enough to like the most. The most they're gonna get is the full MLE or something. Yeah, exactly. Like the, they'll just be like the eighth man on a playoff team. Like that's how good every single one of these guys are. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe Calvin uh, Booth just has figured it out. He's figured out yeah, the draft. Exactly. Just outsmarted everybody. Um, you reach for a player because you know that they're not gonna be good. That's exactly. That's, that's the galaxy thinking. brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyways, that pretty much covers the draft for the Nuggets. There really wasn't, you know, we were, we were talking about it before the draft, like, I mean, before the, uh, podcast, if we should do, like, we should talk about other teams, but honestly, like, there wasn't, there wasn't much. Like, I thought, like, I can't even, like, think about teams that had a good, I I thought Houston had a good draft, like, getting Cam Whitmore at 20, because they were considering him at four and being able to get both, uh, Amen Thompson and him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge win. Charlotte, I don't know what they're thinking. Takins, Brandon Miller. Like, I'll, I, I, like I, I root for Brandon Miller to do good in Charlotte because how the fans reacted. And I always want players who get booed on draft night too well. It feels like they always do, uh, except Kevin Knox. Yeah. That's New York, so that might mm-hmm. be the one exception. Um, but, like, I'm, I'm, like Portland situation, there's like there's a bunch of things that we can talk about later in the off season because right. of the draft. Like what what's Portland's going to do? What's New Orleans going to do? What's Chicago going to do? Like there's a ton of a ton of different things that that happen through the draft that might mean things later down the line. But I mean, it, it was yeah. like a pretty like normal draft. Like outside of Whitmore falling, there wasn't anything kind of crazy happening. Right. Uh, um. Yeah. We'll just need to see like the off season signings for these teams um to really see what their plan was um but yeah uh i think like jordan hawkins to the pelicans i feel like um he went pretty high compared to yeah he went yeah he went kind of high um i like the hami Hakez pick honestly even though he might have went a little high but um mm-hmm. i like it for he the just heat. screams miami oh uh, yeah he like does. he he is he just screams Dude, you don't expect to do anything, and then is in the playoff rotation. Your one right. as a rookie. I think he's a good player. Um, he's a good player. Yeah, like he has a ton of intangibles, and like his high school um, highlights are insane because he's like dunking on everybody, like doing really? windmills and three sixties. Like <laughs> it's really weird. But then you look at him in college, and it's like this dude doesn't look like he can <laughs> jump over yeah. a curb. How did he do all that? <laughs> That's funny. Um so, yeah, I mean, we can move into the trades and stuff. We got 10 minutes to talk about. We haven't talked about the Bradley Beal trade, right? No, we talked about the Beal one. Okay. Which... Um, I think on Sunday we talked oh, yeah. about it. But the um, Porzingis and the Chris Paul trades we haven't okay. talked about. We might have to start another session <laughs> and Maybe. get through both of them. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I guess the no. Porzingis one first... Uh, Big trade that like happened like five times. It felt like yeah. um, they had they went like kept going back and forth. There was that trade with Marcus Morris and the Clippers, and then that fell apart. And then Memphis just swoops in out of nowhere and gets Marcus Smart, but they do have to get rid of Tyus Jones, um, who goes to Washington, Porzingis to Boston. And two first. Yeah, yeah. Um, we can start, I guess, with the with Boston side because they made. 
the big move. I think this is a, a pretty good move for them. Obviously, they're betting on health because Porzingis hasn't stayed healthy for his entire yeah. career, honestly. Um, and so he's got to be healthy, but yeah, you had to like make a, a change there because you can't just... It, it seemed like Al Horford's age really started to, to show in the playoffs. Like he was, it really sucked. he was pretty terrible yeah. in the Miami series. Um, so I don't know if you can really run him out there again. Um, the Miles are starting to catch up to him. I think he's like thirty eight ish. Rob Williams is virtually always injured, um, and then yeah. outside of that, you got like Grant Williams, who's like a, a technically a big, but like there really is also. Free agent. I don't. I yeah. think he might not come back either. Yeah. Um, and there really wasn't anybody else big on that team. Uh, so now you get Przingis, who I think is in his best version of a player. Like I think this is the best yeah. Porzingis version because he's learned how to back down in the post um, and take advantage of the mid range game and his height and everything. Um, and he's still super good from three. So overall, Boston definitely gets better. Um, they do have to get rid of their guy who's been there since 2014, I think. Um, yeah. So he's bef- before Tatum, before Brown. Um, all the Celtics fans love him. Uh, it would be like seeing – it's like Gary Harris if Gary Harris had stayed on the team this long and then him yeah. leaving. Um, yeah. So it's kind of a situation like that, it feels like. But I think overall Boston did a pretty good job. I think Boston did a great job with this. Like they, um, like I, Porzingis at this point in his career has become underrated. Like yeah, he wasn't able to stay healthy, but this season he was. Uh, but he just got shut down because Washington stunk it up. Like they were just not good, so there's no reason to play him. Um, but he played, I think, 65 games, and he would have played a lot more had they not gotten shut down. Um, but he was really, really, he was a great defender. He was one of the best uh, defenders in pick and roll. Uh, this season, one of the best drop defenders in terms of points per possession. And he was the best post-up player in terms of points per possession oh, wow. in the entire NBA this season. So, like, he was, he legitimately had a great season this year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he fits Boston perfectly. I really like that fit. He's a better defender than Horford is right now. Obviously, a better shooter, better all around player. I think him and Robert Williams should, Williams stay healthy. I think, uh, they fit together really well as an inside-out big pairing with how well Porzingis is able to shoot it. And the fact that they both are incredible shot blockers, like, is going to make... That, that Their paint is going to be so hard to score in. Um, my only question is, like, who is going to play point guard now? Because the reason why the uh, the Clippers part of the trade fell apart is because they didn't... They weren't sold on Brogdon's medical. Yeah. So... And like I, the Clippers doctors are, I don't know what, like they like either they have, with what has happened with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard the past four years and their decision on Mike Ward Jr. and like I don't know what, they could be just dead wrong. But <laughs> the fact that the medical reports were red flags enough for a team not go through with it, and now they're kind of banking on Brogdon being the starting point guard, uh, either him or Derek White, but I would assume Brogdon because he can actually have pass and play makeup a lot more. Uh, yeah, I wonder if they I like re-sign. Work. I wonder if they get Pritchard back, even though like he's requested a trade and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if they bring him back just for insurance, because I like Pritchard. Um, yeah, he's a good playmaker and shooter and stuff. Um, seems like he does well in the big moments. So like, I like him as the backup. I don't think I would start him. Um, no, I would. I wouldn't start him. Yeah. Brogdon as that, the starter. That's the one position where I'm a little iffy about it. Yeah. We'll see how, I think Boston hit it out of the park. Yeah, we'll see how serious Brogdon's injury is. Because if it is really, like, serious and he just, like, can't shoot anymore, like he couldn't in the playoffs, um, then that definitely poses a big, like, issue there at point guard. But if he can be the Malcolm Brogdon that we saw in the regular season, that's a perfectly capable starting yeah. point guard. Yeah. Yeah, it's not about Brogdon's ability. It's more about the injury. Like, what is yeah. he, he going to look like? If he's able to replicate what he did last year, they'll be fine. Um, Memphis brought in Marcus Smart. I got to say, like, I like this for them. Obviously, they did have to get rid of two first-rounders, but bringing in a guy who is definitely a leader into that locker room, 
Um, it seems like he'll just be able to keep their their head straight. Like, I'm not yeah. saying that, like, I disliked all the dancing and stuff like that, but I don't know. That's too young and too, like, inexperienced of a team to, like, do that and then just get waxed in the first round. Um, yeah. So bringing in a guy like Smart, who has played, I think, in, like, 118 playoff games or 108 playoff games uh, with the Celtics, which is insane. Um, yeah. Like, to bring his leadership and his experience into that locker room, I think, is huge for them. Just one step, because I feel like they still got to shore that up a little bit. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I really like that. I, I love the fit, too. I mean, he is yeah. very much a Memphis player. Like, his hustle, his mentality is going to be huge. Like, it'll bring back the kind of grit and grind culture that made Memphis what it is. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't really the biggest fan of getting rid of Tyus Jones. Because I not like with John Moran being suspended for almost a third of the season, like I don't know how good of a playmaker Marcus Smart's going to be. Um, He's definitely Memphis's improved. Half court offense was horrendous, both in the regular season and the playoffs. And uh, Smart isn't going to help that. He might even make it worse. Honestly, like I, I love what he does on defense. I love his hustle and like he, yeah, he flops a ton and he can get a little annoying with the antics. But he is a great defender and he is a very good player and. He shot well in the playoffs and like he's very streaky but he is a good offensive player but i just i don't know about how to feel about him as a lead playmaker uh yeah especially with morant out for that long but we'll see how it looks i i think with morant there i think that that lineup fits pretty well i wasn't a, a, the biggest fan of it when it happened but thinking about it and like going through what they could look like when everybody's back i think uh I think it's. I think it's a good move. I like. Right. I like that. Like you said, they needed a grown up in the locker room. They needed just somebody there to keep everyone's head straight, which is crazy because if Stephen Adams can't do that, like you, you really need some more help. Yeah. But I think Marcus Smart's the perfect guy for that. It's, the locker room aspect of it is so underrated. Like I think everyone saw it with Denver, like right. having vets there to keep everyone's eyes in the right direction. Uh, being able to get a guy like Smart who has. Like, I saw a graphic at SportsCenter put up. Like, he has more, like, as much playoff success by himself than Memphis does as a franchise. Yeah, yeah. So, he's definitely going to be able to bring some, some much-needed experience. All right, should we start another Zoom? All right, we are back. Rishi is a new revelation after watching some Jalen Pickett highlights. Yeah. Um, he can play, man. Like, he can be uh, the backup point guard. Um, I think you realized it now. Too. Um, uh, I watched, uh, saw a highlight tape on Twitter, and like, I mean, can't judge a player off highlights. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not viable. <laughs> but he's got like, he's got way more shiftiness than I thought. Like, I knew that he was a downhill player, and he liked getting to the rim. But he's way more shiftier. Like you said, he does. He really likes the mid range. Um, like he can really shoot the mid range jumper. But uh, like, I, I didn't think he had that much of it in him and the fact that he's able to shoot the mid-range so much gives you confidence that he can shoot the three uh, at a respectable clip in the nba later on as he develops so yeah like the pick more and more <laughs> i sure. would have thought watching a player <laughs> give right. me a better opinion right <laughs> um all right last thing we'll hit on is the cp3 to the warriors trade which like came out of nowhere um i wasn't expecting it really at all um an interesting trade that I don't think I agree with if I'm on the Warriors side um, because yeah, Pool, you know, gets a ton of hatred. Um, I feel like like he does just kind of his personality is pretty easy to root for. Um, he got punched, you know, kind of has like a punchable like face and <laughs> attitude and stuff. So like I feel like people don't really take him seriously, but um, you know, I think he can develop into a pretty good. NBA player. I mean, he's got a deadly shot, super shifty, super quick, gets to the rim, finishes at the rim, mm-hmm. can shoot free throws, can shoot the mid-range. It's a pretty good passer also. Like, yeah, he turns it over the ball, turns the ball over a lot on some stupid um, things, but, like, when he does make, you know, the correct read, it's a pretty good pass. Um, obviously, the defense will always be a concern. But at this stage of his career, I think it's a concern for CP3 as well, which um, is interesting, like, I don't really think that they really upgraded too much 
defensively at least. Um, offensively, we'll see how CP3 and Curry play alongside each other. That could also be a recipe for disaster in the backcourt. You got a guy who's 38, another guy who's 34, trying to guard Jamal Murray. I don't know. I don't know. But no, I I I was at work. I was on my lunch break, and I got a uh, a Bleach Report notification from I think Jake Fisher, and it was uh, Warriors are actively taking calls on Jordan Poole. And I was like, oh, really? yeah, yeah, it's expected. It's been in the rumors the entire offseason, like. This is what happens. Like, I if he gets traded, it wouldn't have been a shock to me because of how much it had been talked about. I was like, oh, okay. And it and, and it's like, like it's, I'm like, two minutes later, two minutes later, the notification came out that Chris Paul is going to go. I was like, okay. like never have I ever thought that Chris Paul was going to be on the Warriors. Like that, like Chris Paul and Steph Curry being on the same team has never once crossed my mind as a pairing. Where I'm like, you know what? If those guys played together, that would be like you always think about like, oh, what if LeBron and and KD yeah. play together, or for Le- 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 LeBron and Steph play together. LeBron and CP3, like, that's never been a combo. Where I'm like, man, that could be pretty good. Uh, I hon- I think CP- I think he's going to come off the bench, honestly. Like, I look at the team, like, if you anticipate Draymond coming back, which I think this was, like, a precursor to that. I think they chose Draymond over uh, Jordan Poole. I think this that's what this trade was for. Um but you can debate it how you want. I don't know. I, long term, I wouldn't do that. But in the short term, yeah, I guess. Choice. I guess now that you say that, like coming off the bench, like I understand it a lot better with the playoffs. Like you just don't want Jordan Poole's mistakes out there. Like you know what you're gonna get from CP3, and he's not gonna lose the game for you or anything. I just don't mm-hmm. like. This just seems like such a move that'll just be like it'll only be this year, pretty much. Um, yeah. And then it seems yeah. like CP3 like weird could just be out really the door in, a, in after this yeah. year. And like they don't have their first round pick next year anyway. Um, that was it was to Memphis. Now it's Boston's. Uh, like they don't have it anyway. So like going all in next year is fine. If this doesn't work out, it's not like you're gonna like, you'll be fine. Uh, so I don't know. To to me. Like, I don't, like, know what to... Like, I've tried to, like, think about it. It's been, like, 24 hours. And I just, like, can't think of a, of a reason why this makes the Warriors better. Like, if anything, they're just, like, the same. And I, their bench would be better. Their bench was horrendous last season. And Jordan Poole, when he started, was really, really good. He was 20 a game on almost 50-49. Like, he was, a, he was very, very good. But off the bench, he was really, really bad. And when they were healthy... Their starting lineup was great with Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney, but that bench you knew was what killed them. So I guess this way, like you expect to play Kaminga, you expect to play Moody. Um, may depending on what happens with Divincenzo, I know he's got a player option. If he comes back, we'll see uh, if he plugs in there, and then you can figure out what to do with your center position, or just play nine and rotate that way, like. I would, you know, probably feel more comfortable with CP3 running the bench than Jordan Poole, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Jordan Poole was so good in 2022. Like, he was so good. And I just think that, you know, one bad year where his role, com- like, changed, like, three or four times throughout the season. And he started off on the bench. Like, well, first he gets punched by his teammate, and no repercussions come out of it. So he's thinking, okay, what did I do wrong? So he's in his head to start the season the entire time. Then Wiggins goes away for two months. We still don't really know what happened with that. And he's starting, and he's playing well. Then Wiggins comes back, and then pulls off the bench again, and he's not playing. He's playing. like it. it his role changed so many times. Obviously, he's going to struggle a little bit. Um, I would have stuck with him for, the, for another year. I would have tried to make another move to go get a center rather than go get a point guard, uh, especially one who's 38 and who you know can't stay healthy for a full season and who has – not been able to show up in the playoffs so i don't know i i don't know what to think of, of it like I, i'm yeah. trying to like think of an angle that uh, mike dunleavy was thinking i just i can't i can't think of one yeah i honestly just think it's like just experience off the bench and i feel like next year they'll be a better team i guess than they were this year like i feel like they got one year to just go all in um and i think they'll be a good team next year um but yeah, for the future, I don't, I don't really understand. And for the Wizards' sides, like 
uh, side, I think it's pretty good. Like you look at the Beal trade and yep. it ends in pool and a bunch of second round picks pretty much. And then obviously um, yeah. you get Tyus Jones also, and you can make a bunch more moves too. Like I wonder if they trade Jones or Morris. Um, yeah. And obviously you let pool develop in a, place where like he can make mistakes and stuff like they're not a competing team and they don't have to be perfect all the time um and be under all this pressure all the time um so i think it's good for him good gamble good risk by the wizards to see if pool can pan out um and so yeah i mean the wizards doing doing pretty well so far with this new front office yeah yeah, I mean, I, I think we talked about the Beal trade a little bit, and we said, like, at least his front office has a direction. Last front office, they, they yeah. didn't know what they had. They tried to just do too much with too little. This front office knows, like, hey, we don't have a superstar. We don't have a guy who can be a number one on a championship team. We're tearing it down. We're going to rebuild. Yeah. Um, I think they did a good job because the Bradley Beal no trade clause really screwed them over in terms of the return that they could get. Um but, you know, part of that Bradley Beal trade is you get Jordan Poole and you get a first-round pick. So you get a building block and you get a pick that's far in the future to where it might be really, really bad because of yeah. where Golden State might be. At yeah, that, that pick is going to be interesting. Steph, yeah, like Steph's probably going to be really bad. Or, or either bad or retired. Like, he's, yeah. he's going to be gone. Because what like, is, it, gonna be is gone. it? It's 2030 or what? 2030, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, so Steph will be forty-one. I don't think he'll be. Yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be retired yeah. at that point. Uh, so we'll see. Like that—that's a good pick to have in your back pocket. Uh, you still own all of yours. Like that's—that's that's a good like Brooklyn. They lucked into Mikhail Bridges being good because they're like, okay, now we have someone who we could potentially build around because they don't really own any of their picks because of the Harden trade. Like they—they they have like the one every other year and they traded a few as well so like they're kind of screwed if they decide to go into full rebuild at least washington owns their picks so that they can if they're bad they have their bad one yeah um and uh the porzingis thing was also kind of a no trade clause like you had a player option if the boston thing fell through he's declining it he's walking for nothing so at least you get some seconds you get gallinari you get muscala you get guys you can flip for more seconds or potentially late first depending on how they play uh, so but I think that they've done a they've done a as the Beal trade finalized and as uh, all of this stuff is starting to come together I have switched the stance they've done a good job with what they yeah. had um, obviously it's a disappointing return to not get something back for your best player that you could really use but if Jordan Poole is able to pan out and you know this is a perfect situation for a young player with a ton of talent like him to develop in where he can like you said, play through his mistakes and mold into the, the best version of himself. Uh, that's a potential building block that you could, you know, either trade to go get a superstar or trade a superstar to pair with him. Yeah. Uh, depending on your other picks. So I think that this is a, a much better job that, that they've done than I originally had thought. So yeah, uh, honestly, good job for the Wizards. No, I agree. Um, I think they'll cap it off. Not much more, unless you got anything else. Um, don't think there's much else to hit on. NFL's been quiet. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. This is like the most dead period for NFL. Yeah, for like, sports, really. Hmm? For sports in general, this is the most dead. Yeah, for sports in general. It's like the, the dog days of the MLB where everyone is just kind of going through the motions until the All-Star break and then... No football, no training camp, no preseason, nothing. So OTAs for like a week, and then everyone's back on vacation <laughs> until yeah. until July. Uh, this is a good part about the Nuggets winning the championship as well is that at least we have like we had something to like look forward right. to the whole time. Like last year, it felt so offseason felt so long because just waiting and waiting and waiting. Season ended so early, <clears throat> so like. The draft felt so long away. Draft's a week and a half after the season. Ends I know, now. it's crazy. So weird. It just happened so fast. Free agency but, starts when? Yeah, I, I think... Hmm? Free agency starts when? When? Wednesday? Uh, when? July 1st, technically, I think. Oh, I think everything's official yeah. like the 3rd or the 4th. Okay. Uh, I think the 1st is when the legal tampering period yeah. begins. So. Uh, yeah, about a week until that starts. <clears throat> we'll see what happens with Bruce Brown. 
he did. I mean, I mean, he declined it. We are new. Come back or not, he was going to decline it. Uh, we'll see what happens. Oh, that was the other thing I want to talk about. I did, we I find that one more thing that I remember. <laughs> we say it at the end of every episode. Unless you got anything else to say, I do have something else to say. Yeah. Um, Dallas made a couple of moves that I thought were really interesting. They traded the Davis Bertans contract. Um, and they still got their guy in Derek Lively. Uh, so they traded down two picks and got off the Bertans contract. That did, that opened up the that's full MLE for them. So that's a team that I could see Bruce Brown going to because they are going to be a good team next year. They're going to be somebody who can be in playoff contention, potentially championship contention based on how Kyrie and Luka play. And he's going to be a high-level role player for them if he does go there. And he does, he's able to get the most money from them uh, than any other contender or any other yeah. playoff team, really, because of the new uh, CBA. So that was a move that I, I was like storing in mind. I'm like, okay, they have to do that. But they also did get Rishon Holmes, and his contract is pretty big. So I don't know how that affects it. But I know when they made the trade, they opened up uh, the full MLE. So they could offer that to Bruce Brown for a year. <clears throat> That's pretty good because I was, I was, um, I bet on Derek Lively to go top ten because I thought he would go ten to the Mavericks, um, uh. and they were coming up, so I'm like, all right. But then, like, uh, I was paying attention to like the the tweets from Shams and stuff, um, and he would always take like a seven to nine minute break. I feel like before each pick to call one out, and this one was pushing like ten, eleven, twelve minutes. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on here? Because they're going to cook some trade up because it's the Thunder aren't going to take him. The Magic aren't going to take him. Um, or whoever had to. I know they traded with, yeah, the Thunder weren't going to take him. Um, yeah. So I'm like, bro, they better not be trading down, even though that would be the smart move. And then, of course, they trade down. and it, But it is a smart move, as you said, getting off of that contract. Yeah. But I was just in pain. And then he goes to the Mavericks. I'm like, I knew where he was going, but of course they had to trade down. Um, so, yeah, that sucks. But um, that would be a good spot for Bruce Brown because really the only other teams that can afford him are, like, you know, bottom of the lottery teams, the yeah. worst teams in the league. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Bruce Brown to Dallas, maybe. Stupid lime over, like, three days on can't get rid of it. Um, Damn. But yeah, that was that was the one thing that I was throwing in mind. Bruce Brown in Dallas could potentially be the the one the one spot that he could go to. But I don't know. It depends because they still got to bring back Irving. They, I think they still have to also bring back Christian Wood. Uh, so we'll see what what they do. But yeah. that was that was that's the one team that I would keep in mind uh, if I was a Denver fan. So. All right. Yeah, that that now I'm good. All right. No, no. <laughs> good point. Uh, wraps up the episode. Thank you guys for watching. We'll probably be back. I don't. I mean, as we say, it's pretty dead. Like maybe after free agency day one. Um, yeah. Whenever something happens. We'll be yeah. Back. Yeah. <laughs> that's, All right. That's the best way to put it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.